podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me from a hunkered-down location east of me is Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? How we doing, man? We're doing well. We're doing well. We're hanging in there. Yeah. Oof. It's, it's, things, it's things, real. Things are, yeah, a little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy. A little, I, you know, it's funny because you don't want to be the um, official coronavirus podcast yeah but it's like is there anything else to talk about <laughs> it's like you know you, you you do whatever you want to do you go through the course of your day and it's like every five minutes you're reminded of just how screwed up you are and let, i'll give you a good example i gave because my wife's a teacher in the new york city school system and she has she's doing distance learning over google classroom and mm-hmm. zoom and all that with her students so i took the webcam off my computer and i gave it to her for hers so I was like, nah, it's no big deal. I'll just go on Amazon and get another one. Nope. Yeah, right. <laughs> nope. Ain't getting no webcams today, buddy. Well, I, I think I said it last week. I mean, that was a nice thing for me is that I already had the home office set up. So it was, it, it was seamless in that respect. But Well, she had everything. She has everything. She has her own office across the hall from mine. It's great. We have our own separate spaces where we don't interfere with each other. I can come in here. She can go in there and we can both work. But she didn't have a webcam. And yeah. <laughs> so we actually have a guest this week who's also hunkered down in a different part of the country. <laughs> yes, um, I am. You were the second ever, right? Yeah, he was the second official video of the week. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, right? Yeah, we yeah. have an actual celebrity well, in the history of the show. <laughs> while we're at it, before we officially announce it, so uh, he was also, and I think I mentioned this before, so... Bruce was the first. There you go, Bruce. That's uh, we're two minutes in. Not bad. Two in. minutes in. All right, yeah. we're good. Um, but Bruce, the first year at WorkbenchCon, uh, Bruce was the very first person I met when I walked in the hotel. And Caleb, I just announced it. But uh, well, he go was ahead. the second person I met uh, in line to check in. So, uh, so yeah. Caleb, Caleb Harris from You Can Make This Too. What's going on, man? I just. You know, hanging out, man. <laughs> Here to chat. Yeah, it, we, we one of your videos almost comes up in our discussions back and forth like mm-hmm. every week. And I was like, we have got to get Caleb on the podcast at some point <laughs> because it's like, how can we talk about this guy's stuff so much and not actually have him on? Right. Well, thanks and, for having me. You just need to talk <clears throat> about my videos in the podcast more. Yeah. We do. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That, that's, a, that's a very good point. Yeah. I was funny because before, I think it was before the show, I just was talking about Ethan and I got invited onto another podcast and I'm like, yeah, we're going to, of course we're going to go on to promote our stuff because I'm a whore and I'm not upset. I'm not the least bit shy about it. That's like, yeah, by the way, we talk about Caleb all the time, just not on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll, I don't have that much shame. I'll totally call you out for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do it. But we, so for those of you that have been listening for a little while, you may remember that second video of the week was the most absolutely insanely detailed explanation of saw blades and i've never learned as much from one single video as i learned from that one video and it was like this is a no-brainer video of the week it was like we we just had to we both just learned so much from it i i why don't you before we go too far into it why don't you give us a little bit of your background because that video made me wonder all kinds of things about you so <laughs> oh geez okay. good things uh, i promise but you know <laughs> yeah well it just depends on how far how far back you want to go um so a few things most people don't know about me i actually only went to kindergarten then i was homeschooled after that and because oh. i was homeschooled i was able to graduate early so i actually started college when i was 16 
and wow. graduated when I was 20 uh, <clears throat> and was in ROTC, which led to my first career becoming an officer. But that was kind of funny um, being in college so young because I had to get my dog tags made <clears throat> and I wasn't sure what my blood type was. So I went down to the school nurse to get myself blood typed and they were like, oh, you're too young. We can't touch you without your parent's signature. And I was like, I'm in college. That's- and you guys, I can't even like tell someone to draw my own blood to tell me what my blood type is. Wow. Without, you know, my mom showing up. So that, that was interesting. But anyways, so yeah, I went through college, studied criminal justice with the concentration in Homeland Security because that was 04 to 08. Um, you know, I signed up when the Marines were going through Fallujah and Iraq was in full swing, um, became an army engineer. So did all the train up for that, went straight to Iraq. Um, from Germany. My first unit was in Germany, so spent a few years in Germany, which was just an amazing time um, when I wasn't in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, finished up my three-year tour there, came back to the States, set up my wood shop because I grew up in what I call the perpetually remodeled house, which I'm sure <laughs> quite a few people are, are familiar with. Um, and uh, so I like to say that I grew up around tools and comfortable with tools, but then I had a bunch of uncles who were contractors so the nice thing about being homeschooled is uh, my last year of school, I uh, just took my books and went on the road. I was 16, had driver's license, so went all around uh, visiting people and just working. And that's when I learned how to do things right, uh, at least um, construction-wise. And then when I was in Afghanistan, I got hooked on the idea of woodworking, wanted to set up a shop. So I bought all the popular woodworking and fine woodworking magazines I could um, there were a few blogs. I think I found uh, some of Matthias Wendell's stuff, but that's it. Didn't get into YouTube yet because that was 2010, 2011. So there really wasn't anyone on YouTube yet, except I think Mark Spag might have been on there. <laughs> yeah, he's been on since pretty he's much YouTube launched. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so when I got back to the States, I went to Missouri to do my career course and uh, started my master's program. And that's when I set up my shop um, and started dabbling in woodworking which was uh on and off for a while just as as life kind of happened um had a kid and had a divorce so that led to getting out of the army um and i was spending a lot of time with attorneys and so i wanted a career that would let me put my family first give me control of my schedule but also felt like a continuation of all the skills I'd learned being an officer and working at brigade and battalion level and all the stuff I'd done. And I felt like, you know, everything I've learned, I feel like being a lawyer, I could apply it. And I spent a lot of time with my attorney. So I was like, you know what you do sounds kind of cool. I like the problem solving aspect and trying to untangle, you know, the weird web that is the law and come up with, uh, you know, logic puzzles and how to make your case work with what you're given and all that just sounded like fun. So uh, I went to law school because the goal was to go be a country lawyer somewhere, um, set up my own shop and be rural, go back to a small town like I grew up in and be able to control my own schedule, be a family man and be there for my uh, my son and be dad because I knew uh, being a single army officer probably wasn't going to play very well. <laughs> so right. I wow. knew I had to get an exit plan. Well, uh going through that transition and going to law school, making just kind of my wood shop. I sold a lot of my tools and that kind of went to the side. And then I got the itch again and reconnected with someone from college. And then we got married and had another kid and started law school. 
was going through that, and if law school teaches you anything, it's how to be neurotic, and I just needed something to be grounded. So I started uh, making stuff again and got back in the shop and got hooked, and I was trying to build my shop and needed a miter station, and I searched, and uh, I think this was around the time Google started putting videos in search results, and I want to say it was April Wilkerson's video came up as one of the first um, YouTube videos, woodworking, that I saw. And from there, I found Jay Bates and then Nick Ferry when he was doing a lot of videos, and that opened that whole rabbit hole. And I was like, you know, I, I need to be – and everyone kept talking about the community. So I started making videos just to try to give me something else, and I'd never done video, and it always found it interesting. Like just And, and what – like when process. was this? What year? Um, this would have been the end of 2016. Okay. I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. So December 6, 2016 uh, is when I launched my first video. And not too long after that, or around that time, I found a video Jay Bates did saying something about, I'm not a woodworker. And I was like, oh, okay. And so he went into the whole thing. Because that was another thing I wondered. Like, how do these people have these t- have the time to do this? And that's when he laid out that it was a business. And at that point, it hit me like, oh, okay. Wow. Well, if I can make this work, this is actually going to fit my goals a lot better than the law will, especially the more I learned about, uh, you know, what it's really like life as an attorney. And my wife's career had taken off here in Memphis where we lived. So leaving Memphis to go somewhere rural wasn't going to happen. So I was like, okay, well, let's give this a shot. So, you know, I was about halfway through law school. So then I transitioned from being a member of the community to, well, I've got a year and a half. Let's see if I can make, uh, turn this into a business and if it does, then awesome. That's what it'll do. And I can gear my law school towards teaching myself everything I need to know from the legal side of how to be a business owner. And if it doesn't work, then I'll just go be a lawyer. And fortunately, here we are. I went full time and it's been great. And uh, last few months, things have really just been kicking off. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, long-winded but that's the the short shorter version of my story <laughs> so so vincent when we were at WorkbenchCon this year caleb told me about the you know get doing the being going to law school doing the bar and everything and i was like that's a crazy backstory so that's where i thought he was going to start but he actually started way and is way more interesting than even than that so was, yeah, wow. i learned something new tonight I, that's that's the second week in a row that we've had um, someone connected to the legal profession. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're going out and getting all the lawyer makers in. Yeah, you need to get a modestrial maker on here now. Yeah, right. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I just he's one of those guys that I would definitely love to have on, and I, I don't know why. Sometimes I just get really intimidated about asking people to come on it's like uh, you get a little nervous sometimes i was on uh i was on a live chat with him last night so i'll i'll i'll, I'll really I'll reach out yeah yeah, yeah. mike's a real down-to-earth guy no yeah. he's he's a very good oh guy. i'm sure he is i mean he doesn't come off in any like weird ways or anything so yeah oh, that was the um that was that were you was he on that 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 happy hour thing that y'all did last week no he was uh no that's and that's actually one of the nice things that's come out of all this is the the all the kind of like live group hangouts and stuff like that. I've actually done a couple, but yeah. So um, this one was a patron one, uh, Patreon one with yeah. him, and he he just started a Patreon, um, and him and here we go, Johnny Builds um, did a <laughs> did a co uh, co sponsored Patreon hangout last night, which was a lot of fun. Uh, oh, you know, great. both of them, obviously, you guys know how I feel about both of those guys. Those guys are mm-hmm. great. So uh, yeah, so that was uh, what we did, and but yeah, I mean, in his video this week of the place that he bought is just it's it's insane i think it's gonna be really fun to watch him check out that 
building that he he bought um it was really funny because that's actually one of that's on my list of videos to watch it's very what his new space looks like and the only reason i haven't is because today has just been one of those days i was like oh yeah i was gonna do everything today i was just gonna watch a lot of videos while i worked and i was like nope Nope. not today you are just (laughs) way too busy today my friend well it's funny because i mean it's a it's a trash building i mean it's been abandoned for a while and stuff like that and but you can knowing you know if you've watched his channel and his videos you can totally see that it is completely industrial maker like written all you know it's got the it's the canvas from industrial maker so it's gonna be really cool to watch that but but yeah and then the, uh me and nick uh, another former guest on the show um a build dad build we hosted a uh a maker hangout last week uh and that was a lot of fun too is you know i met some new people and so anyone that's out there is thinking about it do it i mean it's a lot of fun uh it's super easy to kind of organize so it's a good way for all of us to kind of stay connected so yeah i'm i'm amazed i'm amazed watching how much um because everybody is basically i mean at this point now you know we talked about this last it was people it was happening it was now it's basically the fact that pretty much if you are in your house you are in your house for the next couple of weeks whether you want to be or not you're there unless you're going out for essentials um and it's amazing seeing how many people are connecting like when i open up youtube now there's like 10 live streams happening right at any given time now where it used to be like oh yeah there's one guy he's live streaming in the middle of the day no now it's like everyone is live streaming like all day long like mark rober has been doing live streams like every day steve ramsey's oh, wow. been posting a video a day oh, i need um, to check that out i haven't i haven't seen it's, that it's it's unbelievable it's just yeah. so much people i'm gonna say this and this is something that we've talked about a lot but for people like us you know youtube is as much a part of our entertainment life as you know turning on the tv or turning on your you know throwing a blu-ray in or whatever and now it's getting to the point where it's like, wow, if you really didn't even have television in any way, you could be entertained like mm-hmm. crazy. Like there's more on YouTube right now than there actually is on television. And it's so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's, yeah, it's so funny, too. I mean, we're, uh, I mean, Bettina were talking about it tonight a little bit. It's, it's funny because honestly, like my life hasn't changed that much because I, I don't go, you know, I don't go out. We don't go out to dinner a lot and stuff like that we you know we're we're homebodies and so but it still feels different because you can't you know and that's that's, that's a really interesting thing that's exactly what it is like i found out i'll give you a good example of that so i just found out today that all the parks in bergen county which is the neighboring count neighboring county in new jersey um all the parks in bergen county are now closed because people weren't behaving right they were going in there and they were congregating in the parks and they're not going to allow that kind of stuff right now and it's like oh I wasn't like running to the park, but now that I know that I can't, I'm really annoyed. It's like, it's, <laughs> right. it's not an option for me and I'm pissed off about it. And right. Yeah. And, and so, but I, I guess that's also the, again, the reason why it's important to kind of connect with people and reach out because again, for people like us, it's not, it's not even that crazy, but there are people that do you know they're they're very social in terms of going out and stuff like that so for them i can't even imagine how hard this is so yeah and enough but also with kids like so Caleb, yeah yeah right how's school going with the kids it's like are you homeschooling or yes which which is interesting because uh i was homeschooled so my kids are normally in daycare and i got one in uh kindergarten or one in first grade one's about to start kindergarten so he's still in daycare so we've just been doing stuff at home but you know that's what i grew up doing so that's familiar but the biggest thing for me is now i'm trying to do everything 
uh, than I normally do, except my wife's home and my kids are home. <laughs> right, right. So then it's like, oh, wait, uh, I'm going to go get, no, I'm going to make nope. the breakfast first. And I'm about to, nope. oh, wait, no, I need to set you up on the score first. And now I'm going to go, or wait, oh, wait, well, Callie's on a meeting. Like, hey, babe, can I run to Lowe's or do I need to wait to, you know, make sure the kids are entertained so they don't interrupt your meeting that you're on at work and so it's it's interesting. That's crazy, actually. Side, it's like you're now you now you have two jobs, right? Exactly. <laughs> on the flip side, we've been tag teaming because I, I tend to be a little slower getting going in my in the morning, whereas my wife is definitely a morning person. So she gets up early and starts working. Then I try to you know watch the kids. Sort of, I, I go like you know half and half with work and watching the kids in the morning, and then she wraps up after lunch ish. Well, you know, she'll still be working, but then um, then we'll kind of switch and I can dive into work more and she'll pay more attention to the kids. And because of that, uh, instead of shutting it down at 4.30 when my kid normally gets off the bus, um, you know, I've been working till 5.36 and, and mm-hmm. over the weekend too, because it's like, well, we're like all home all the time and everything we normally do is closed. We're not going to the kids museum or the zoo. So, you know, I'll just get some time in on the weekend as well in between well, that- hanging out with you guys. So we're making it work. That's yeah. the interesting part of this whole thing. Like I've I'm I have worked from home in the past, but not to like a great extent. And what I'm finding is that the boundaries and I know you're not supposed to do this, but it just naturally happens where the boundaries start getting fuzzier and fuzzier mm-hmm. between your work. So like I do, you know, product packaging design and, you know, email marketing and manage I manage our social media, I manage our you know, e-commerce. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting, I'll sit there at night with my Surface Pro in my lap and I'll just be like, oh, I can just jump on and get this done real quick. And it's like, I didn't used to do that so often, you know, but now it's like, oh yeah, but but I'm working from home anyway. You know, like right now as we're recording this, sitting next to me on my desk is a pile of paperwork that I was working on today. Stuff that I was trying to accomplish, some stuff, some internal stuff that I was doing for my company. And I'm looking at it going, wow, there's never stuff on my desk that's not my own business. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's like, now I have this extra element that I never really thought about. And like in the mornings, even it's weird because I'll go down to the shop like I always used to, but then at like 10 o'clock, I'll come up to my desk and it's like, okay, now you're at work. Like, oh, right. Yeah. No, I'm not just up here to do like design work for my clients. I'm up here to like do my actual work job work. Right. And it's, it's so weird. These, how fuzzy that the boundaries have gotten for me where I, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I'm not gonna lie. I'm having a little bit of a tr- a little bit of trouble, kind of adapting and separating and. Well, no, I don't, I don't think I think that's spot on. I mean, and I was I was saying this to a coworker that uh, was, we were chatting today. And again, I'm 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 used to working from home two days a week, and but. I'm yeah, it's I'm having a little bit of a struggle just concentrating on work because of the to your point, those blurred lines. It's it's when when are you working? When's the weekend? When's the you know, even I guess even the days that I worked at home, they were always the same two days of the week. So it was right. kind of like a routine, you know, you come off the weekend and I had a day at home and then I'd be in the office for the three days and then I'd have a day at home and then the week, you know, like there was a, still a routine. And right. now it's all just kind of blended together. It's weird. And even even like my office at home, you know, my office at home is where I do I do my creative work. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of creative work for my own business here. And now I'm using the same computer and the same software, and I have no one looking over my shoulder. And the temptation to go, mm, I can mm-hmm. just jump in and just clean this up a little bit and send it off to you know extend it off to the Glowforge and let it work for a little while. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Stop right. that. Be bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you know? 
I, but, I, you know, that's also the beauty, though, is it's the flexibility. So you could, because you know, at night when you wouldn't be working, you pull out your Surface Pro. You're like, you know, I'm in the mood to well, knock this out. So you do, because you know, yeah. at two o'clock when you're like, you know, I'm inspired. I'm going to take twenty minutes and and get this thing going. You can, because you know, right. yeah, you know, no, that's just, true. You know, it just it it lets. I, you know, I think everyone's a little different um, in just what works better for them, whether it's hard lines and delineation. But for me, like I said, I, I grew up being homeschooled and being in the Army, which is you're on call 24-7, and I would have to take work home all the time. Then being in law school and running a business, you know, the idea of what you have to do and what you want to do just fluidly coexist throughout the day. And so long as you take care of the things you have to do, it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. just That's just my life. So, yeah, well, I, found, I, found it to to it. I found it today. I found it today because today I was working on a cutting board for a client. Now, at work, generally, when I take phone calls, I never take phone calls at my desk. I have like a mental rule where when I take a phone call, I walk and like I go outside in front of the building and I'll walk. I'll even do laps around the parking lot as I'm talking on the phone. Like I refuse to sit down and take phone calls <clears throat> because if I did that, I would literally be on my ass all day long. So I literally take every phone call standing. So since I'm not getting any phone calls and I'm not standing up as much, what I was doing today is I would every, you know, few hours, I would take a break, go downstairs, put a coat of finish on this cutting board and let it sit and go back, come back up. And I would just be alternate when I needed to take a break. Instead of taking those phone call breaks, I was taking the finish the cutting board breaks. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up finding was I felt a lot more comfortable that that wasn't just sitting there, not being touched so that when I was, quote done with work today i could run down there and attack it like and rush through it no i can take my time and space things out and then tonight if i get emails from our suppliers in china which i'm pretty sure i will i can answer those and that'll make up for any little bit right. of extra time that i took during the day and caleb you're 100 percent right allowing myself that flexibility yeah. means that hey yeah maybe during the day you are you know taking the same breaks you would take at work just to do different things and you don't have to feel weird about doing it and that's I've been programmed. I mean, I work, I've worked in a similar type of job for the same company for like 21 years, 22 years. So for me, not having that, that structure, that kind of forced be at your desk and do this job thing, yeah. it's a major, major adjustment for me. It's not that I can't work from home or that, you know, it's just I don't know how to not be at work. Right. You know, well, that's hard for me, man. Yeah, I think, and to your point, Caleb, I think everyone's a little different. Like, I think there are people that just need that structure and, and, and not, that's nothing, that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, that's the way, you know, their brain works and, and others are, can just kind of do it. My, my thing, anyone that's ever worked for me or reported to me, my, my thing has always been get, do the work. If you can do the work in six hours, then do the work in six hours. Don't, yeah. you know, you don't need to work for eight hours because, uh, just because that's the amount of time you're supposed to be working, right? And and if it takes you nine hours, I expect you to work nine hours. You know, so it's it's about the, it should be about the work and the output well, more than the time. What's crumbling in the midst of all this? And I was telling a friend this as we started to realize that, you know, we were going to have to set people up and give them laptops and trust that they're going to work from home. And one of the things that's going to start crumbling, and if it hasn't crumbled completely already, is this whole concept of being present for work. Mm-hmm. Like this presentee, this attendant, attendeeism is what I called it. Because oh, it's like, I feel like I need to attend work. I'm so glad and, this is coming up. 
And it's just, <laughs> it's become a thing, right? We, right. we just, we're, we're used to it. I mean, there are some jobs where you do have to be there, right? But there's this also this concept of that if I'm scheduled to be in that seat from 10.30 to 6.30 every night, every day, that I'm going to be in that seat from 10.30 to 6.30 every day, even if I'm not producing a damn thing because I'm supposed to be there. And I feel like that's finally going to take the biggest death blow out of all this. This might be the best thing that happens out of this whole thing is when companies start realizing, yeah, tasks are more important than time. Same. Yes. Yeah, that's something I've been talking about to some people. I I hope that is the giant silver lining in this whole pandemic or crisis even is 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 I love forcing functions and this is basically a giant forcing function because it's either okay, your company basically shuts down and you don't do anything or you finally take advantage of all the systems that you've had and paid mm-hmm. for and the technology that's been sitting around for years that you've ignored and have not exploited. And you got to get over all your crappy excuses for not offering better flexibility to your yeah. employees. Now you're forced to do it. And and that's why you know, when it first kicked off, I made a little post on my Facebook, which <clears throat> normally it's only my work or family stuff. But it was like, hey, if you've ever complained about how you could do your job from home. Now's your chance. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Right. Prove no, it. totally prove it. And hopefully <laughs> yeah. this is the giant change. We're at the end of this. Everyone goes, you know what? Hey, who, who wants a flex schedule? Who, who wants to work from right. home? Let, let's, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Just like, okay, we're not worried about having you tied to a chair for eight hours. These are the things that we expect your job to get done. So long as they get done, um, we're good. Right. right. And, yeah. and go totally. about your business. Cause most of America like does not need to be at their jobs location. And then all the trickle down effects of that, of, you know, how much less fossil fuels get burned, right. how much less smog and pollutants. And just the, because in, you know, burnout and people being overworked is such a known and prevalent topic. Now, how there's a huge answer to that of just give people the flexibility. Cause it's like, you know, I work from home and I work for myself. So when I need a break, it's not like, Oh, well I'm just going to mindlessly scroll on Instagram for 30 minutes. Cause I've got to be here. And well, you know, there's not really anything for me to do or I'm waiting on Bob or waiting on someone to email the, this thing that I know they've already got home, but that they already went home and they're never going to send it to me, but my boss doesn't want to admit that yet. So I'm just going to sit at work for two hours. I should have gone home, not getting this report for he decides that, yeah, we're not going to get it. So you can go home now. You know, it's like, Oh, I'll just run in the garage and, uh, you know, be productive and knock out that thing that I'm going to spend all my time sitting at my desk thinking about that. I can't do and then come back and be focused at work. Yeah, We did talk. We did talk about this. Was it last week or the week before it was with, um, Skillshare. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at work and this is a part, it's a good example of what you're talking about. I was sitting at work and I'm like, I could take this Skillshare course and it will help me at work. Yeah. But it's like, it's Skillshare. So I'm sitting there watching a video. Is that something I should be doing at work? It's like, of course it's something you should be. What are you talking about? It's improving. Of right. Of course it's something right. you should be doing at work. Like, but your mind is like, that's watching videos. That's wasting time at work. Right. I should be doing that on my own time. Even though, you know, deep down, like, yeah, this is something that's going to improve my ability to do my job. You still look at it because you're you're programmed that no, I have to be like doing something. Like I can't I can't be on the clock watching a video, even if the video is a course 
in a class that's going to make me better at my job, you know, and you feel right. guilty about it. And granted, I got over it, but the initial resistance to doing it was, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing this at work. Like, this is not work stuff. This is, this is like leisure stuff that you want to learn a skill. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> exactly. And I think there's uh, some generational shifts and attitudes that have changed over time where I think this might be some of the, you know, uh, zennials and millennials and everyone gets a different bad rap. I think the zennial and millennial generation have a better handle on this because, you know, Vince, like you said, and, and I'm not pointing fingers at you, but I know there's a lot of people where that idea of, oh, well, I can't do that even though it would benefit work, but that doesn't feel right. I can't sit at my desk and, right. and, mm-hmm. and learn a skill on a video that's going to improve my ability to do my job and make me more valuable to my employer, but I can go take a poop break for 30 minutes and still face <laughs> it. <laughs> That's okay. Can that somehow be the name of the episode? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Poop you know? break balance. That's going to be the episode exactly. title. It's like, I can't, I can't watch this 30-minute video I'll learn something from, but I'll go hide in the bathroom for 30 minutes. That, right. that's, that's fine. That's no, fine. You're totally right, though. Right. Yeah, totally. It, it's... It, and, you know, and, 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 the, and the crazy thing is, like, I don't think twice about, you know, letting work just trip into my personal life. At all. Like, I don't, it's not even a thing. It's never been a thing. And people that have, you know, had the privilege of having me as an employee know this, that, like, you know, at you know, 10 o'clock at night, I'll be answering emails to our suppliers because on China time, 10 o'clock is when they're getting in. And it's okay. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't hold it against them. I don't think about it. I don't say, okay, now you owe me X number of minutes, right? Because I just don't, I don't operate that way. But at the same time, if it's my own business, it's like, oh, no, like, I have to be working on that cutting board today. And even if I have to go start another project, I start to feel guilty. It's like, yeah, but, you know, you're, it's okay. You can work on another thing. No, I must be focused on this project now, and that's it. And there's nothing else I can do until this project is done. And you, I don't let my mind wander the way I feel like I should be letting my mind wander. Like, I feel like that's okay. You know, when I talk about it, it's easy to say, of course you should be able to do that, you know? It's again, that's the mindset thing. The mindset is that you sit, you know, kind of like the way we, I used to, I mean, I don't know about, you know, I don't know about Ethan, but when I was in school, you sat in rows, you sat with your mouth shut, you sat with your, you sat with your hands on your desk and you didn't say a word and you just listened and were lectured to, you went home, you did your homework, you maybe had a few minutes to play or watch TV and you went to bed. Like that was life. My my teachers actually made me sit on my hands because I, I have serious you were ADD. You fidgeter, weren't you? Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I, I super it. ADD, and I drum on the desk, and and they just like and and it was out of love and respect. They just were like, Ethan, it's sit on your hands time. And <laughs> I can totally picture this, by the way. Oh, totally. This is not the this is not the surprising news that you think it is, my friend. <laughs> so the second so the second video of the week and. It actually, it's, there's two videos I'm thinking of right now. The second video of the week that we did was you explaining saw blades. Um, yeah. And, and in, a, in a way that, I mean, it was just magnificent. It was a master class on saw blades, which Thank I you. love. I love nitty gritty videos like that. Then this past weekend, and I'm, I apologize. <clears throat> I don't remember when you released it, but I got to watch it this weekend. You did the experiments with the releases mm-hmm. on resin. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I think that was last week's I, video. So I got I got to tell you, man, you are slowly becoming one of the guys that I'm like I could just. There's another guy that reminds me of that that style of video, uh, the guy at Project Farm, mm-hmm. and I love that guy. And I love that guy because he'll go, 
what is the number one kind of cotton ball? As an, and he'll just deep dive cotton balls, and you'll be like, wow, that's freaking fascinating. You did it quite a, you did, you've done it quite a bit in the last couple of months. You did it with the saw blade video and then the resin video. Is, I'm just fascinated. Like, I, I was expecting to hear when you were giving up your history, and there's a reason I'm going through all this rigmarole. I was expecting to hear that you were a teacher at some point in your career. And the fact that you're not, now I'm even more impressed with the videos. Well, and let me, and I, I want to say one thing, like, so one of the things I, I love about your channel is though exactly that, Benson. I 100% yeah. agree with everything you said there. And what I like, though, is that you've got those videos, which are super, you know, kind, kind of knowledge focused and detailed and stuff like that. And then you make like a lego resin aquarium that is just like mind-blowing <laughs> and it's just and it's completely i mean to me they're completely different types of videos but it 100 percent works with your channel and i'm not sure I, I i don't you know to be honest i truly don't understand necessarily exactly how that works for you like it but it does it it, it doesn't in feel in other words it shouldn't work. It but shouldn't you're work. Doing yeah. a damn good job of it. So exactly. How is that it's, it's, it's like the it's like Bob has the bits videos because he wants to segment, you know, separate them. And to me, it's almost like that. You have kind of two different styles, but they but you don't need to separate them, and it still flows and works. And I so I I, I commend you on that. Again, I don't really know why it works, but it does. Well, I, I can try to explain it if you want me to. Yeah, please, absolutely. Basically, my my video philosophy. And first, thank you for, you know, I'm over here blushing, so thank you. Um, get that out of the way. But uh, I have certain elements that I try to get in the videos, and when I do the deep dives, there tends to be a little bit less of them, um, at least on the humor side, because when I'm, like, in sort of teaching mode and I'm trying to, you know, go through a process or compare things, um, humor doesn't naturally spring to mind as, you know, when I'm mm -hmm. sitting down after a few drinks, typing out a voiceover, <laughs> it tends to come a little more, a little more freely. But yeah, basically I try to put the same elements into both videos. So even though one might be comparison and one's a project, you know, there's still humor hooks, explanations, um, you know, the same kind of pace, uh, clear objective and informational nuggets that I think hope anyone who watches the video will learn something not because I'm so smart but I've just learned it only takes about 15 minutes of googling anything mm -hmm. to find that there's a whole world of information that you didn't know anything about so whenever I, I do a lot of these videos I'll just take literally it only takes 15 to 20 minutes research some extra stuff and throw it in there um, like when I did the video on finish nailers and the finish nailer comparison mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. one of the things i've always wondered is where do the gauges come from and they come from wire mm -hmm. gauges but i've never mm -hmm. understood why wire gauges are the weird system they are so i just researched that and threw it in that video and i've had quite a few comments like wow you know i never <laughs> even thought about that but and it's it's sort of it's it's a psychological trick um where when you throw unexpected nuggets at someone suddenly they give you more authority than you probably should have <laughs> because you take like because that. you take them you take them by surprise and you, they, right. you just instantly get credibility because it's like wow i didn't even when you answer someone's question that they didn't know they had <clears throat> it, mm -hmm. it's sort of like this emotional trigger where you just get esteem and authority so that that's a, a i trick wish i, I had used to help hook people that's 
I wish brilliant. I had. I wish I had been recording as I was watching the Sawblade video, <laughs> because I must have said, "Holy crap, that's why." I think I actually messaged you at one you, point. You did that. That video is actually how I found out about this podcast was because you sent me a message like, "Hey, you know, you're the video of the week." Blah blah blah. It's like I didn't even know I had a podcast, and then I started listening <laughs> and went back some. And yeah, and, and then I, I listened to that episode, of course, and I, I it made me so happy, Vincent, because. When I, w- I debated talking about the run out on the miter saw, mm-hmm. uh, because it's like, you know, I know this can happen, but I don't know if anyone has happened to. Like, <laughs> it's a more of a theoretical thing. Nope. But I, it could, uh, like, ah, but well, I'll throw it in there anyways, just in case. And then I listened to the podcast and it was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I talked about that because now you know exactly what you need to do when you want to stop it. Just go buy a blade with a negative rake angle made for miter saws. Yeah. And for everyone that's ever stood on that aisle looking at those saw blades and some say miter saws and some don't it's not a marketing gimmick there's a reason (laughs) right not only is it not a marketing well i'm just going to point out that not only is it not a marketing gimmick but they need to make it a little clearer because i mean if you just look at the blades like just you can hold the same blade up the same size same tooth count and unless you're really looking at it you can see them next to each other and not know which is which and just grab it and go. I mean, I that's probably what I did because I, I didn't even know what blade I was buying. I just knew I wanted to buy the same cross-cut blade that I'd been using in my table saw because it made such clean cuts. So I bought a high... Because, I you know, obviously, if yeah. it's miter saw, you do mostly cross-cuts. So I didn't really look at the, the rake angle on the teeth and or, or what, what it was compatible with. Well, because you didn't know you needed to. Right? Yeah, ex- that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. it. And, I, I, and this blade cuts great but it runs on it wants to run on me every time and i managed Mm -hmm. to mitigate that by doing like a pre-cut first and that that Mm -hmm. cut back by the way i've i never had a sliding miter saw my only miter saw up until like february of last year but it was the only one i'd ever used was a regular miter saw so i was just used to just pull it down push it up pull it down i wasn't used to it moving forward and backward so that motion and that muscle memory doesn't didn't exist for me so the first time I put this blade down, it just wanted to punch me in the ribs. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? What is, what is, this is scary. I don't like this. And it turns out that, yeah, making that first pre-cut cuts back. And ever since I watched your video, just that first cut and then go back and do the rest of the cut, that makes yep. all the difference in the world. That almost eliminated. It still wants to run on me, but I, it, yep. that has saved me so much. And, and I your was like, cuts wow. are so much cleaner. Yes. Yeah. So and more accurate. Out. They're much more accurate. I can get I can get up on the line better. It's just everything. Just I, I. It's so funny how one little video with a couple of nuggets of information just you can glean that little bit that's going to clean up your act a little bit. Yeah, thanks. And that's what that video did for me. And that's why I was so in love with it because it was just so much information that I never thought about, didn't know. There was a lot of stuff in there I did know, and I'm like, yep, okay. And I would try to go, and, and you would start to say something. I'm like, because, because, because. And you would say it, and I go, "Yes, got it right." Yes, <laughs> it was almost like it was almost like I felt like I was being quizzed that I was doing well. And right, then it was right. Like, yeah. So, and then you pull down the miter. So it's like, so if you do this and use the wrong rake angle, it's going to run on you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Well, <laughs> the, the, the other thing too is like there there are YouTube videos that you watch and they're entertaining and stuff like that, which is awesome. And there's also videos that you kind of favorite or peg, and you're like. I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm, I know I'm going to come back to this. I don't need it right this second, but there's going to be a question when I am buying for in this instance. I'm, I have a new miter saw. I'm, I need to buy a new blade. 
and you, you, you've tagged that one to come back to. And I think that's a lot of your videos are like that for me, Caleb. So, Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. And I, I, so many people do comparison videos, but it's so product specific. Yeah. And, um, this, so far it hasn't hurt me in sponsorships yet, but, uh, I'm so apathetic about brands and tools. It's not even funny. Oh, My philosophy too. is get your hands on anything mm-hmm. and if it works. And I, I get so frustrated and it comes up in Facebook groups all the time. They're like, Hey, you know, am I going to get ripped off if I buy this brand or that brand? It's like, look, if you go to a big store and it's not like half the price of our, all the other tools, quality is standard now right, right. you might Basically, get a dud yeah. from mm-hmm. any brand because they make them by the ten thousands and mm-hmm. that's just what happens but you know they're all quality yeah one of them and unless you're using it eight to ten hours a day every day right you're you're not gonna destroy it right those guys do because and normally not because they're burning them up just because they get used so much more, which just means that much more opportunity to drop them and bang them around. And some brands will take that better, but for a homeowner or a hobbyist, like it doesn't matter. So I don't ever want to get into, Oh, this is brand a widget X, Y, Z versus brand B widget ABC, which one's better. But I love doing, Hey, um, like I've started to get into spray finish. So last summer I did a comparison between a $100, $300, and $500 spray unit because it was like, okay, these cheapo, like you can get one for $60 handheld unit is says it's an HVLP, but then you can also spend $2,000 on an <laughs> HVLP. What's the bloody difference? Mm-hmm, yeah. Right? So, and of course that was all the same brand because they hooked me up with the product, but I like doing that kind of comparison. Um, I did it with the sprayers and then with the finish nailers, right? So I'm not saying, oh, is a rigid better than a DeWalt finish nailer? It's like, no, hey, here's 15, 16, 18, and 23 gauge. Here's where they come in. Here's what they're used for. Here's why you need to use them. Uh, here's the benefits between battery and pneumatic. Now you go to the store, look at your offerings, and you should now know how to go buy the one you need. Well, and, and what are you, what I are you using it for? Like, exactly. what are, what's your what's well, your level? Because like so many yeah. tools, I I use so like so limited. You know, it's I don't oh. use them that often because I I'm not a you know a huge woodworker, and so there's a lot of tools that I can get by with that are just fine, right? Exactly. And, that, so and that's specific fine. specific to what you do. Right. Well, it's really funny with nailers. I'll give you a good example of this with nailers. So my dad, my dad was a carpenter. And if I ever told him I was going to get a battery-operated nailer, he would have punched me in the face. <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, what are you doing? You don't buy, no, you buy, a, you buy a pneumatic one because that's what men use. Men use pneumatic nailers. So when I was setting up my shop, I have um, a porter cable, a pancake compressor, which is pretty much all I ever need anyway. And I bought an 18-gauge and a 23-gauge. The 23-gauge gets way more use. I mean, it yeah. always did. I just Pin nails are so much more useful for most oh, yeah. woodworking unless you're framing something out or making something big. And I get, I get all these nailers, and what ends up happening is over time, I just, like, I just don't feel like dicking around with the, with the compressor and putting oil in it and going and using it, right? Dragging the hose around. Exactly. Dragging over. the hose in particular. Or, or I can't really use this while the wife is sleeping because if the compressor kicks on, I'm yep. like, <laughs> I'm going to get my butt kicked. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm, I'm sitting there one day and I got an email from one of the refurb tool companies I buy tools generally from. And it was like, hey, we have this 18-gauge... Um, 18-gauge Ryobi nailer, and it uses your 18-volt batteries. And I'm like, you know what? For that price, I'll give it a go. 
Do you want to know how much more I've used that nail gun than I ever used the pneumatic? Right. Tons more. Like, a ton more. And I'm like, wow, the reason I wasn't getting the most out of that was just because it was an inconvenient tool to use. So as soon as Ryobi came out with a 23-gauge version, I immediately bought it. I I actually went to Home Depot and bought a brand new one. Because I was like, this is totally worth it to me because now I'll actually start using it again because I don't have to drag out the compressor, hook up the hose, put oil in it. It's so much easier. Mm-hmm. And I just slap a battery in it and it's ready to go. How All this time I was programmed to believe that real men use compressors. And it's like, no, you use the tool that's best for the job that you need to do. Well, and, and the it, tool that you're actually going to use. Exactly. I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot of tools that I have that I never get out because, to your point, they're a pain or, it's a pain. or whatever. It's a pain. And that's that's okay. wasted money right there. And the other thing is just in the past five years, battery yeah. technology and brushless motors have come so, so far. far. So far. Because remember, like, uh, when I was doing contracting stuff, I remember the, my uncles I was working with, they had bought a kit and it had a battery-operated circular saw. And I grabbed it once. They're like, don't use that. It's a piece <clears> of junk. It won't even cut how much plywood. <laughs> right? Now... I, I don't even own a corded circular saw anymore. Me neither. Right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, I mean, why, why would I drag a quarter around when I can just slap one of the five batteries I have in one and go mm-hmm. anywhere and just cut what I need to cut? And, and you don't have to worry about the cord. <laughs> and it's a DC motor, so there's no spin down time. You let off that trigger and the blade stops. Yep, which that is hits safety. the brake That's and so you're done. That's so crazy, yeah. So we are at 44 minutes. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Um, hear from the sponsor and then we're going to come back and do some of the usual fun stuff that you guys seem to like the best so uh, we're going to pop back in in a little bit okay so because everybody is locked in their homes and I know you're all listening to Because We Make and watching Caleb and Ethan on YouTube and everybody's (laughs) having a grand old time uh, we do want to give you a little something else something the stuff that we've been watching and the stuff that we've been doing so um, we had things of the week and we were going to do we each of us had these shows, but we're going to do something interesting this week. I'm probably going to do it for the next couple of weeks while everything is still going on. And we're going to call it the binge of the week. So <laughs> over the weekend, over the weekend, um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of you have been binging stuff because what the hell else are you going to do for two days trapped in your house? I mean, yeah, I know it's nice. You get to play with the kids and play board games and cook and whatever, but I'm pretty sure you guys have been binging stuff like crazy. So, we're going to give you ours for this week, probably give you more next week. And I'm also going to say that if you have anything that you've been binging, something that we need to take a listen to, um, just send it to us, um, podcast at becausewemake.com. Um, I think that's the email. I hope that's the email address. Um, if, if that bounces back, then feel free to go to becausewemake.com and hit the contact form. <laughs> I think it's be podcasted because we make. Uh, that's so embarrassing. How did I? Know I'll look it up already? while we're gone. Okay, good. Yeah, one of us has to. Um, Caleb, since you're the um, since you're the guest, why don't you hit the binge of the week first? Oh, a privilege. Okay. Um, I don't know if I can pick one because we're in one of the, my wife and I. We watch Netflix every night. It's our decompressed time. And we're at this weird place where we like finish a show, then crank through one that only had a season and just jumped back into another one we mix. So I, I, I've got three I'll throw out for three different tastes. So cool. if you like, if you like science fiction and uh, mystery suspense thriller, all, and these are all on Netflix, Altered Carbon from Netflix. The first season came out about a year ago and was amazing. They've just released season two a few weeks ago. So we uh, watched the whole show again. That 
you like sci-fi, mystery, et cetera, that's a good one. Uh, on the fantasy sort of thriller magic side, a new show on Netflix was Lock and Key. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about these shows too much just to not ruin them, but that one's basically about a family that loses their dad and goes back to the house he grew up in, which turns out to be magical, but no one knew anything about his past. And then the mystery ensues of what was the trauma and tragedy that happened, et cetera. Um, that was super good. And season three of Ozark, which is a classic show on Netflix, been going on for a while, right up there with House of Cards, I think. Season three just came out um, a couple days ago. And so we just jumped into season three of Ozark. So if you like dark drama, oh man, it's it's good. It's good. Cool. So there's my three. Very good. Um, Ethan, you want to give us your binge of the week? Yeah, definitely. So um, I've got a ton, but I'll pick one this week. Uh, it's called uh, Peaky Blinders. It's on Netflix. Mm. And it's it's a show about, uh, I don't know, 19 early 1900s and uh after the uh french war and uh it's just it's the, here's how what i'll say is if you watch the trailer it looks kind of weird and and i didn't watch it for a long time because of that um but i ended up uh getting a couple of recommendations so i watched it two episodes in i was hooked i think they've got five seasons and i binge watched all five seasons in a couple weeks uh really really good um also kind of a dark dark drama um but but very well done suspenseful makes you think and uh keeps you on the edge of your seat so that would be my pick for the week very good yeah that's one of those i uh, i was saying before we started that that's one of those shows that has been like on the i'm gonna watch this at some point um at some point list and i think i'm actually gonna check it out i think i'm finally gonna get around check i might actually have to uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I might actually have to turn my Netflix account back on. <laughs> it's it it got to a point where I was like I was I had Netflix and Amazon mm-hmm. Prime and Disney Plus and Hulu. So many, and right? I was like, okay, I can't watch this much TV. Like, I just it's just not possible to function and watch that much TV. So I had to cut it back. But that might be worth getting back on because I, I'm also the only person on the planet not watching that damn Tiger Show. Tiger at this King, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I listened to the podcast. So um, just like. Um, Dirty John and stuff like that. A lot of the Netflix of the, the like those types of shows started off as podcasts, uh, and so I listened to the Tiger King. I don't think it was called the Tiger King, but it was about uh, about that like a few months ago, and then it turned into this big thing that it's now everyone yeah, it, has watched. Everyone and their brother, everyone yeah. and their brother is watching it. Uh. Um, my my binge of the week is one that I watched in real time. And it's been a few years since I watched it in real time. So um, Beth and I went back and started watching it, oh, God, it was like three or four months ago. And then we only watched a couple of episodes. And then this past weekend, it was like there was literally like we had burned through the DVR. And it was like there is nothing else on. Let's watch this. And on Amazon Prime, The Americans, the FX television series. And I'm just going to outright say it. And I've said it a lot. I think as far as um, procedural dramas go... It is literally one of the best, if not the best, in television history. It is a brilliantly written show about um, nineteen eighty, early nineteen eighties KGB, what they called the um, Directorate S program, um, also known by the Americans as the Illegals, where basically they would implant KGB agents to live as Americans, live an American life with American family, but they would do work for the KGB in the United States and. 
it sounds like a crazy premise. It sounds very cloak and dagger. And I promise you, it's not as James Bondy as it sounds. It is just an incredibly well-written, yeah. incredibly deep show with a cast that pretty much is the cast for the entire six seasons it's yeah. on, which is unheard of in television. Um, well, you get some you get some amazing performances from some amazing actors. Uh, Matthew Reese and um, uh, uh, what's Felicity's real name? Oh no, I know. That's, I was oh, just no. going to say, what's Felicity's uh, real name? Carrie Carrie Russell. Carrie yeah, Russell. Yeah, Carrie Russell. Yep. And it's just the two of them. I mean, they're married in real life. So, the, well, the, and I love fact- he is. I mean, he he is an. I mean, he's British or I don't know what he is, but he has a really strong accent in real life, and his American accent is. Impeccable, yeah. impeccable, yeah, and and it's funny because in in the later seasons he actually speaks Russian in a few episodes mm-hmm. with like a perfect Russian accent. It's just it the show, it it you just got to watch it. You, you'll enjoy it. It's way better than the concept sounds. I promise you. It's it's in it. You'll just watch the whole thing. You'll sit well, there and you'll be like, just another one, just one more, just one more, just one more, and you're just gonna get through the whole series. It's well, phenomenally we, good. We were talking about it before the show started, and I was like, it's one of those shows that did not get the credit that it was due. I mean, it's like nope. The Wire or any of those shows that it just it should have been on more people's radar, and it wasn't, and it was phenomenal. So it was phenomenal I, yeah, good. I second that for sure. And and I will say, I will say. That the last season, you know, one of the things that TV shows do is they ruin the last season. Mm-hmm. Almost every TV show I've ever watched, the last season was garbage. There's only been one show before this one, which was Fringe, where the last season was good. Um, and they wound it up nicely, and it was a satisfying ending that you walked away from it going, this was a great series. The ending, the last four episodes of The Americans, are probably some of the best television that's ever been on TV. Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. good. The writing is that good. The way they wound up the story, the way it came to a head at the end, it's just, it was pure brilliance. The show is amazing. I was so. still mad that it ended, but... I was mad that it <laughs> oh, ended, yeah. too, because that was that was actually, it was a 10 o'clock on Tuesday or Wednesday, and I would actually stay up to watch it, which, me staying up till 10 o'clock is a freaking miracle. It's ten sixteen right now. But. I know, I know. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's how much we like Caleb. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, we'll do. Let's do the. Um, Let's do the video of the week since that's also relevant to the current stay yeah. in your house or else um, edict from every government in the country. <laughs> um, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff, and yes, this is a, the token mention of Bob from I Like to Make Stuff that goes into seemingly every video. Um, started a series called Shop Class. And as we're recording this, there's only been two. Um, by the time we drop this, I'm pretty sure there's going to be four or five. Yep. And he's what he's doing is absolutely genius. So if you have your kids at home and you're a maker and you want to give them something else to learn while they're at home, this is a great way to introduce your kids to school, to shop and tools and workshop etiquette and all that stuff it's just been the first two episodes have been really 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 good and it's it's bob's you know really nice happy upbeat persona and just teaching kids just teaching kids how to how to use tools what tools do and all this shop related stuff and it's just presented in a nice way it's presented in easy to understand way it's just really good and What's been really funny, you know, I'm going to embarrass her a little bit, but that's okay. Um, Beth has been taking the quizzes at the end just to make sure 
that she's learning <laughs> from these videos. So I'm I'm trying these out on my not shop educated wife and she's doing really well and I'm very proud of her, which she's learning through osmosis quite a bit more than I actually gave her credit for. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, so the series is called Shop Class and I'm like I said, I'm I'm assuming based on the fact that he did one every he did one yesterday and he did one today. I'm yep. assuming that by the time this drops there's gonna be four episodes up. So yeah, definitely if you want to add another dimension to your at-home school curriculum, this is probably going to be the one to uh check out. And even Can I piggyback even if you on just want to learn woodworking. Right? I mean, yeah. it's it is it's a true. very good intro. I mean, there's a lot of things I knew, but there's a there's a few things I didn't know from the first two, so. It, it, yeah, the one thing that bothered me was he didn't use a didn't show torque screws. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> as a woodworker, I don't really use Phillips screws. I hate Phillips screws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm no Can I, I'm no Drew. Drew, I'm no Drew. Yeah. And I don't like, you know, standard screws either, but I like my Torx screws a lot. Did but. you know that uh they're recording at the same time right now? I know. We built a thing. Oh yeah, by the way, can we uh, can we address the elephant in the room now? So Wednesday is our day, guys. <laughs> you jerk faces. How dare you? <laughs> I couldn't. I was so. I was like, "Oh, cool! Wednesday's our day," you know. And our podcast came out, and then I down. I'm. I open up Overcast to look at whatever podcast downloaded overnight, and I look and I see, we um, um, we built the, a thing. We built a thing. Out, yeah. Oh my, no, not we built a thing. Um. Uh, God, what is wrong with me tonight? I have no brain. Making oh, it. Making it. Yeah. Oh, making it. Yeah. yeah. I see making it on Wednesday, and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, really, guys? Are we the doing schedules. that now? Yeah, gonna, the schedules are all off. Yeah, well, I scheduled Wednesday, so we're not up against you guys, so we could actually get some traction, and <laughs> now we're done. Like, this podcast is just no one's ever going to listen to us anymore. <laughs> this is me This is me being pathetic. Listen to us. This is me begging for listeners. <laughs> I'd like to uh, piggyback on the video of the week, just since we're talking about if that's okay, I know it's yeah, absolutely. But sure. uh, the whole, you know, kind of educational, very entertaining and good for kids. I haven't watched any of them yet, but it's on my list. And I think my kids will get into it because they like his other videos. Mark Rober has been doing live science class videos. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen Mark Rober? Oh, no, I didn't see that. He also has a very friendly, down-to-earth, very approachable, entertaining, charming um, present. So I'm sure those are good. I think he's done four of them so far and he yep. does them live and then they go up on his youtube channel so again for the uh home education looking for some good stuff that he's definitely one to uh check out and i know the one today was like how to waterproof your hand then he did why is the sky blue does mm-hmm. farting make you weigh less so yeah definitely stuff kids yeah, and yeah. piggybacking, and let's piggyback again. Why not? Okay, yeah, um, I'll do it. Mark, Mark did a really, really good video that should be required viewing for anyone with children um, on <clears throat> how germs and bacteria get transmitted. Um, oh, and the it was, seeing germs one? Yeah, it was... I haven't watched that one yet. It was frightening. I mean, it was... I mean, I, obviously, as adults, we know this, but, you know, you can know something and not understand the extent of right. it. And so he did a video, for those of you that haven't seen it, he did a video where he took a bunch of third graders and he covered their hands oh, yeah, yeah. With, with glow powder that's basically invisible to the naked eye. But when you shine um, a UV light on it, it, it fluoresces like nobody's business. And he basically didn't tell the kids what he was doing. He just gave them, put the powder on, and then he let them loose. 
And then later on in the day, he took a couple of kids and he made them like contagions. And he gave them an extra heavy dose of the glow powder and then just let them loose in the classroom. And then at the end of the day, they shut all the lights off and they walked around the classroom with a black light. And it was like, whoa, like everything was just covered. And they showed at one point the teacher is standing there and you can see always telling they're telling everybody, don't touch your face. And the teacher is standing there, and there's just a smear of the glow powder on her cheek where she had clearly touched her face. No. And she's stay at, and Mark Essie goes, do you remember doing it? She goes, I have no idea when I did that. I don't remember doing that at all. And that's how I think I was, I'm touching my face as, as you said that. Ugh. It's an incredible video. And again, it's, it's interesting for adults, obviously, for just the woe factor. But it's also pretty informative for kids because you can tell kids forever, hey, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Kids don't really comprehend wash your hands and the importance of it. They just think it's something you have to do because mom and dad said to. Especially now, and I'm, I am very biased in this direction because I am still somewhat immune compromised. Right. So, you know, and I am neurotic now about hand sanitizer and washing your hands and, you know, being super duper careful around other people. And, you know, granted, I'll still go grocery shopping or whatever, but I avoid touching like even I went to Trader Joe's, for example, on Sunday and I had my bags and this was before they started the policy and the guy started. I'm like, no, nope, I'll take care of it. I'll let me pack my own stuff. I'll touch my own bags. You don't have to. You've done enough today. But I, it wasn't me being generous. It was me being like, I don't want you touching my bags if I can avoid it. I'll touch my own bags. Thank you. And I'll you know, try to avoid contact with another person as much as possible. These are the things that adults think about. But I, you know, this might be the kind of video that gets a kid thinking about it a little more. So yeah. I would highly recommend watching that video. It's frightening the reach that just kids' hands had in that classroom. It's absolutely terrifying. And just think, and also think about, you know, what we're finding out about this virus is that, you know, hey, you know, we know it lives on surfaces, but it could be anywhere from three to 14 hours. Like, okay, so now not only did that kid have it on them and they touched something, but what they touched could be a, um, a vector for half a day. It's just, it's, it's, ugh, I'm getting like goosebumps right now just <laughs> thinking about it but it is wow. something that's it's a great vehicle for showing kids what's going on and helping them understand it because viruses and bacteria and stuff is not something you can see yeah so. i'll definitely watch that with mine soon because there are four and six almost five and seven birthdays next month but you know they understand that things are really different because schools are closed mm-hmm. and they keep saying virus and they, they sort of get it, but also don't. So explaining, like, letting them see how that spreads, that sounds really good. I think that'll help them understand, like, yeah. why, you know, why we can't go into the restaurant to eat and why the park's right. closed and why you don't have school right now mm-hmm. and why o- only one person goes to the store and we're not going places together, you know. It's like, well, I think yes, it actually, it's it, in some see ways, it. it makes it, it's it's good to know. It's It's understanding it helps understand what's going on right yeah exactly yeah Yeah, and uh you you know it's for kids right now i think there's probably a couple there's probably more than a few kids who are just scared because they you know everything changed very quickly right you went from oh i'm going to the park i'm gonna hang out with my friends to no you're not leave you're not leaving the house and none of us are like what's going on like why are none of us leaving the house like not mommy and daddy aren't even going to work like what's going on And, you know, something like this is a good way to kind of ease them into, look, you try to protect your kids as much as possible, but part of protecting your kids is also exposing them to what's going on in the world. You cannot shield them forever. 
but you don't have to make things scary. And usually part of the fear is the lack of understanding. So maybe this is the kind of thing where it's like, okay, this doesn't have to be scary because there's things we can do. And maybe that'll calm some fears and calm some kids down a little bit because I definitely know that kids right now are scared. And, you know, it's kind of a cool adventure that everybody's home, but that's going to wear off after a while. Yeah. Well, I think everyone's scared a little bit. So I'm, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to tell you, I, I don't want to get too far into it, but if you're not at least a little scared right now, then you're, I don't, I seriously question your humanity. Like <laughs> seriously, like you must be part robot or something to not be at least a little bit scared right now. What's going on? Uh, whatever. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we have our we have our video of the week. We have our binge <clears throat> of the week. Want to do some things of the week? Definitely. Cool. Yeah. And why don't we yet again let our guest go first? Because you know guests first. We're polite here on this show. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say the thing of the week for me is my new Clearview system because Ooh, that's uh, yeah. what I spent all last week working on all this week too. <laughs> Not that it's <laughs> taken that long, but uh, I'm doing a whole rearranging my shop to accommodate it and run new duct work and just get a better workflow because my shop had turned into a giant, giant mess. <clears throat> and I did not realize how much dust and stuff was everywhere. I've got a, I think, I think it's a 40 gallon trash can just sweeping up shavings and sawdust. I filled that thing up twice and a 12 gallon shop vac three times Good just God. cleaning through my no shop. Way. It was insane. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, the Clearview is going to be great, and uh, it's it's an involved project having to run a new circuit out to it, and I'm also going to add some dust collection to my 1890s jointer, which of course doesn't have any, so that's going to be a project, and just running all this PVC, man, six inch PVC is huge and heavy, and uh, having to ceiling mount that, so it's 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 been a project, and Great timing, too, because uh, I want to get the kids out in the shop more with me with, uh, you know, just being home and, and whatnot. But uh, I, I can't find masks for them for anything. So <laughs> getting some better dust collection going on is good. So, yep, that's uh, that's my thing of the week, Clearview. I'm excited to get that up and running, and uh, hopefully it w- works as well as I hope it will. My buddy has one, so I've seen it. Uh, in action in his shop so just hoping it works as well in my shop it looks amazing it it's god it's one of those things that just i want right now i i i i've done i look i have a dust deputy hooked up to a very powerful rigid chop vac and it works really really well for me it does but there's always that oh wouldn't it be nice to just turn on a tool and not have to roll the dust collector over to it and plug mm-hmm. it in and yeah it would be really freaking nice <laughs> like this i'll live vicariously <laughs> through you caleb because i <laughs> just well and you know as the shop grows because i you're mostly on the jewelry i'm you know woodworking and furniture is my thing so with a with mm-hmm. a 12 inch jointer now and an 18 inch planer and everything else like i i gotta have something yeah you need you need bigger. some serious stuff totally yeah, for me and, and the jet I had, it only had a 15-gallon dust collection bin. And if I put a full-width board through, I would literally have to empty my dust bin after two passes. No I way. Two passes on a board, wow. and I'd have to empty my dust bin. And that was wow. with it only collecting like 80% of stuff. So, yeah. And it's just, yeah. It was it was time. It was time to upgrade. Wow, wow that's crazy. Some big jobs <laughs> come in. And, and I already told the wife, is like, yeah, as soon as those deposits hit, I'm ordering the clear view. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I wish I the other thing is I would I don't have the room to run 
probably I could put the machine up. I don't have the room for the for the hose for the piping. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, it's- and I, I'm kind of like when I saw how much when you showed on your Instagram stories was it yesterday or the day before and you saw you were like yeah I ripped took all the ducts out of my shop I'm like what ducts and you, you pointed to the floor and there's just all this PVC I'm like oh my god like that wow <laughs> you know you kind of <laughs> comes into perspective just how much of a network of piping and hosing and probably a blast gate on every tool or at least at every joint what did you oh just I gotta say man it's 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 great to see that you're growing to a point where you can where you can justify having it. Like, that's kind of a I don't want to say a status symbol because that sounds shallow, but it is kind of a status symbol that hey, this is a thing I'm buying not just because you know I want to keep up with the Joneses, but because it's something I actually need and will get use out of. So that's that's pretty freaking cool, man. Exactly. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited just about the way things are going. And uh, now, for once, the camera is no longer the most expensive tool in the shop. <laughs> And it's kind of ironic that again, you know, that uh, it's still not even quote a tool. It's you know my vacuum, right? So it's now the most expensive thing in my shop. I mean, it's a tool, but you know, I don't use it to make thing anything directly. Uh, I hear you. Um, we have. Uh, why don't you go up, Ethan? Because right, I'll do it. Yeah, All go right. for it. Uh, so my thing of the week is another video, um, but it's and it's from someone that has been a guest and. Uh, I think has been one of my things of the weeks before, but uh, it is the Maker Monsters video on the unique keyboard made out of glass. The stylophone. The stylophone. Well, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just such a cool project. So basically he made a stylophone out of a piece of glass, some copper, um, what is it, like copper sheeting or, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, he, and then he programmed it. It's just a really cool project. He's so creative and and it looks cool. It's it sounds cool. It's just a really creative project and video. So uh, shout out to him. And then actually, I'm gonna I I did not tell you about this before, but I'm gonna give a shout out uh, to some local makers. Uh, their Instagram is Makers Workshop LLC, um, and they are they have a maker space near me, and we met at WorkbenchCon, um, and they invited me to their maker space, but I haven't been yet. Uh, because of everything going on, but they've been cranking out these uh, face shields. So they've been 3D printing all these uh, face shields to donate to uh, hospitals and everything like that. And I don't even know how many they've cranked out, tons and tons of these. And they put the plans up for people uh, to download and and make their own 3D printed masks. Um, So shout out to them. Really cool. Um, And yeah, so... Yeah, that's another project along those lines. Um, Prusa Printers, um, Joseph Prusa, um, is ma- has made available the STL files, if you have a 3D printer, the STL files for a mask that he designed and that they are constantly refining. And he turned the print farm in the Czech Republic that churns out the parts for their printers into a face mask factory. And they were just cranking out thousands a day of these face awesome. masks it's yeah. just it's awesome I, cool. there are people doing it there's um, an organization i'll try to find it um, if i remember because i have a bad habit of forgetting stuff like this but there is an organization that matter hackers has mentioned on their instagram on their mm-hmm. twitter a few times um it's a it's an organization that basically is like a central clearinghouse so you can go to these guys they have a facebook page they have a, i think they have a subreddit um, you and they, I know they have a Twitter, and you can go there, and they'll they'll help you connect 
what you want to do to people who need what you're able to make. So if you can make face shields, they'll help connect you to people that need face shields. If you can make masks, if you can sew masks, if you can do that kind of thing, um, they'll connect you to people that need home that are willing to take homemade masks because as That's helpful cool. as they are, some some organizations, some health organizations, some states even, they're not willing to take homemade masks. I think that's ridiculous. You know, we're talking about people that have nothing and you right. don't want to give them a homemade mask because it's, I guess, nothing is better than a homemade mask. I don't know. But they'll help you get connected to somebody where you can donate your time and your effort if you're able to. If it's something you're able to do, if it's, you know, something you think you can handle, especially, hey, if you can sew, you are in demand right now because that is a skill. In fact, I don't know if anyone saw my Instagram stories, but I actually posted, I found my sewing machine. When I, I saw was that. Cleaning up my shop. <laughs> and now I just have to learn how to use the damn thing. Um, so. oh, and on that, I know the CDC has now said that homemade masks are okay in critical areas where supplies are low. Right. And what they're trying to do is conserve the NIOSH approved so it's like, right. hey, if you're not in a high-risk environment, use the homemade stuff for just general, and that way when right. you know, surgery, et cetera, where you really need it, they can, you know, exactly they can use the high. Good and ones. they found, but, uh, was it Stanford that found that you can actually, you can put them in an oven essentially and bake them at a low temperature ooh, for a half hour and re-sterilize an N95 mask. And ah, they're doing crazy. tests to make sure that that's wow. if that that's a game changer. That's a game changer because if you can re-sterilize a mask by baking it, then yeah. holy crap, you're not you your mask shortage is now over. You so know, yeah, there are it, some uh, factories gearing up their uh, little ovens for right. sterilizing yeah. masks. All all I'm thinking is there's going to be a run on smokers because you can get smokers oh, yeah. to a really low temperature and they're pretty Perfect. big. So it's it's pretty awesome. I'm 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 amazed at what's I know it's bleak. But I'm also amazed at what has happened and how people have risen to the occasion. Like Dyson um, invented a new ventilator in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, and this one guy, and there's a story, the story's been going around, but there's this um, doctor in a hospital where they're short on ventilators. And he actually figured out how to hook nine people up to a ventilator that can only hold one, per can only work one person, just using a bunch of stuff that was already in the hospital. The innovation that people are, doing it's just and this is why you just got to let people do their thing you just got to let them create and think and improvise right. because there are some really smart people that mm. are working under some horrific conditions and you know pressure makes diamonds and you're seeing a lot of diamonds coming out of this there's a lot of things happening right now that have never happened in our history and it's pretty amazing to watch yep oh yeah but on that, uh, I got a newsletter from Joann's recently, and Joann, the uh, fabric store, they're donating um, pre-cut masks and all the material you need for anyone who wants to sew, sew them, hmm. and they'll take it out to your car, so you just, uh, I'm sure it's on their website, but yeah, you let them know you want to come pick some up, they'll bring it outside to your car, you sew them, then you bring them back to the store, and they get it to people that need it. And Cricket, so, Cricket, if you have a Cricket yeah. Maker, not the Cricket Explorer or the Joy, but if you have the Cricket Maker, um, in, Cric in the Cricket app, there's a free pattern for, a ma for masks. Oh, that's cool. So you can basically slap some fabric onto your mat and cut the actual, you, even if you don't know how to sew, you can cut that much and, I don't know, maybe give it to someone that does know how to sew, but you can 
be a factory that's just cutting out the fabric for people, you know, leaving it for somebody else to sew. So there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways to help out right now. And there's a lot of makers that are doing some pretty cool stuff. So, yeah. Well, I, I actually got a question for you guys. So, so I've seen a couple different um, masks, you know, leather masks and stuff like that, but that have a way to put something in between. So it's, it's like a mask that you can put fabric or uh, paper, some kind mm-hmm. of paper good. Do you guys know like what would be the fabric or the what would be the thing that would actually be worthwhile to put into a mask? Do you know? I I really wish I knew Ethan. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. I, yeah. I this is I kind of feel bad cuz I just I can't sew for crap. And I mean, I could sit here with my 3D printer, but I don't have the actual face shield parts. Right. That, and that seems to be because I've been following the story and they're, you know, getting the clear plastic for the actual shield seems to be the issue for most people because there's a run on it now. Mm-hmm. People are figuring out, hey, we can make masks. So now you can't get it anywhere. And it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what to do because I can't sew and I can make the headband for the masks, which I guess is okay. And hell, if I could get thin enough acrylic, I could laser cut it. I can set it right. on a laser and just keep churning it out all day long and churn them out a bunch at a time. But I can't get the material. Yeah, I don't know what I. I feel helpless, and it's well, and that's me the off. frustrating part, right? Yeah, it's like I. I probably could help because I have a lot of stuff. I have machines. I have an army of robots that could do stuff for <laughs> me. But I just, I can't tell the robots what to do. So, well, if you guys have better ideas of what I could do, then. Yeah, hit us, up. hit us up. Hit us up. Yeah, if, or if you're helping out, let us know, and we could, you know. Yeah, we'll sh- we'll spread the word. Shout out and spread the word. And if you if you know people, if you're part of an organization, if you have a need, let us know. We can maybe you know help amplify your voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah. My wife's doing some masks, but I'm not really not not equipped to do anything that can help. So uh, stay home. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Do your part and just yep. stay home if you can't do anything else. Perfect. <laughs> so originally, my pick of the week was actually going to be a um, was going to be the Americans, and then we figured out that hey, everyone's going to be binging <laughs> stuff, so we should do that. So, but I do actually have a thing of the week, and I realize how much I've used it in the last couple of days, and how much I've used it since I built my shop. So the company works. W O R X. Um, they make a lot they make a lot of stuff they make tools they make outdoor tools they make power tools but one thing that they make and the one the most useful thing they make the thing i own the most of they make this table called the sidekick and the sidekick is a folding portable work table and what's great about this table is it folds down to basically the size of a briefcase granted the legs stick out but it folds down completely so you can store it very easily you can pick it up you can take it with you But here's what's great about it. It can hold up to 300 pounds. It is really, really strong, like impossibly strong for its size. And it comes with some, um, comes with bench dogs. So you can, uh, you basically put a piece of wood on there and you can kind of hold it and keep it from moving around. It's got measurements on the table. It's got a, it's got um, an accessory tray on the table for storing screws and nails and stuff as you're working on stuff. So what I did with these, and this is, this is kind of cool. In my office up where I do my jewelry, I have two 3D printers and my Cricut. And those are each on one of those in my office. Downstairs in my shop, I have two more of them. And I keep those linked together. And that's my assembly surface. Because if you have a shop, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this, 
the one thing you always need more of is horizontal space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. can you can never have enough horizontal surfaces. And the nice thing about this one is that since it's um since it's a temporary one that you can fold up, it won't just accumulate junk because you'll probably be inclined to fold it up and put it away when you're done. I mean, most of you will. Some of you will probably. <laughs> Like I will. I just leave the two of them linked up together. And this is the other cool thing. They link together. So they have these little tabs that keep the table from pulling apart. So you can put a bunch of them and configure them and have like, so I have two of them together in my shop downstairs and it's just great for doing like a lot of work. It's a really sturdy surface. It's very stable and it's easy to move. So if you want to use it in another part of the house, you can, or if you want to take it out to your driveway to sand outside, which is the main use I actually was using these for was like, I like to sand and route in my driveway when the weather is good, because who the hell needs the dust and the chips on the floor in my shop? I hear you. So, you know, we can't all be Caleb with our super really cool dust collection <laughs> systems. Some of us, yeah. some of us just uh, put on a mask and hope for the best. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, this this thing is great, and it's like sixty bucks. You can buy a bunch of them and keep them around, and keep them around your shop. And it's like I said, the the big selling point is that it's super duper stable. You know, it's a smaller table, but it's. It's just awesome, and I've found so many uses for it. And when you're working on a project in the house, you know you can set it up like we, when we were painting the rooms in the house, we would bring it up here and put the paint cans on it, and, and then fold it up, bring it back downstairs. And you you think of a million different things when you can just take this table everywhere. It's a fantastic, fantastic little device. So awesome. for sixty bucks, grab one. It's totally worth it. We'll have the link in the show notes, but I would highly recommend it because my shop would suck without it. I have two. I have two of them down there. Plus, I have their bigger, more expensive one called the Pegasus, which is much sturdier. Probably holds. I think it holds like five hundred pounds. Wow. Um, unfortunately, that's just next to my table saw, holding all my table saw accessories. <laughs> I haven't figured out a better place to put them yet. That's the bottom line. Um, yeah, that's the works sidekick. Okay, so I think I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, I think we're good. Well, Caleb, Hello. thanks so much for coming on, man. Hey, yeah. thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it, guys. I feel like we, um, I feel like we talked about having you on a long time ago, and thank we God Ethan went to WorkbenchCon because it was like, yeah, we, wow, we, we went a whole, we went a long time without having guests on, so mm-hmm. it was like, it was nice, it was nice to finally have you on and finally get to actually talk to you. I feel like, like I said, I before I feel like I've known you forever and we've never actually spoken, so it's kind of <laughs> cool to actually talk to you. The crazy world we live in, yeah. You gotta go across the country to meet your best friends you've never met. <laughs> well, it's like. It, yeah, it's like it's like that twenty twenty relationship. Yeah, exactly. The Jason Stapleton twenty twenty friendship. It's that's pretty yeah. much the world. That's the world we live in. And I have a feeling, and this is just a theory, these twenty twenty friendships are gonna pretty much be the way most people make friends for a little while. <laughs> At least for a little while. Um we'll have all of Caleb's all of Caleb's links in the show notes. Go subscribe to him on YouTube. It's Definitely. his channel is great. He teaches he he does projects, but he does um, he does a lot of informative content. I've actually learned a lot, and I really do appreciate a channel. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the room, but sometimes I watch stuff just to watch stuff. But I could also really appreciate a channel where I can watch something and actually learn something because I feel like the the learning is not as much as it used to be. The more I right. get into this, the more it's like I'm not really learning. I'm just enjoying watching other people do things I know how to do, but. Uh, Caleb always does something that I don't know how to do, which is kind of cool. He teaches me how to not get killed with my miter saw, which is 
That's a nice feature. I still have 10 fingers, partially thanks to Caleb. So, Thank you very um, much. Appreciate that. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, as always, um, we will be back again next week. We do, have a, we do have a guest next week, and I am super-duper excited about the guest next week because as I get very super excited about all the guests we have, but I'm particularly super excited about um, our guest next week. Um, but I'm not going to tell you who it is because that's what we do. We don't tell people who the guests are. We just have them on and surprise you. Don't you <laughs> love surprises? When you have a moment, leave a review for us. We really do appreciate it. And, you know, just do a little peek behind the curtain. Um, I noticed the numbers aren't as good as they were a couple of weeks ago. So maybe uh, if you could share the show and tell people about the show, it would be really, really great. It would be very helpful to us if you could uh, spread the word if you enjoy what you hear and Hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody's healthy. Hope um, this hasn't hit any of you too hard. And we'll be back again next week just to bring you that little bit of entertainment, that little bit of sunshine. Hope you have a great week, and we'll be back. Bye.